At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Walkie Talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the College Athletes Network. Hey, Mo! It ain't game day! It's game time! It ain't game day! It's game time! Hell yeah! Walkie Talkies gang, welcome into Walkie Talkies podcast. You're listening to WTCE20, which is our fake radio code for Walkie Talkies podcast episode 20, just because it sounds good and I like it. (laughs) Man, this one's special today and I'm going to tell you why. First of all, I'm going to thank you all for choosing Walkie Talkies podcast today. We are here on the College Athletes Network featured on iHeartRadio and I'm your host, Noah Bono. Now, as for the reasons to why today's episode is special, because it's always a good feat when we complete another set of 10 episodes with this being our 20th episode and our 16th different guest on the show and the other thing making this episode special is because we have another really big time former walk-on john terzian who is the owner and co-founder of the hwood group which is a los angeles based hospitality and lifestyle company with a diversified portfolio of upscale nightlife and restaurant venues john just so happened to be a former walk-on for the usc football program where he played quarterback for two years back in the early early 2000s Man, today's conversation with John was super dope for a lot of reasons. But, you know, John felt that his days as a walk-on have a direct correlation with the success he's having now. You know, H. Wood Group has generated north of $50 million in revenue. And John says their five-year plan is they hope to hit the three to $400 million mark in the next five years. And eventually, you know, making it a billion-dollar company being the long-term plan as they start to merge into the hotel business, which we get into. Now, John and I go from dissecting his journey from walk-on to law school to his events company he ran during undergrad and law school up to his early failures leading up to H. Wood and all the way into top tier business advice from the mindset of a guy who's currently building an empire. So really cool stuff, especially for me. You know, I really like to consider myself a young entrepreneur and as a young guy fresh out of college, you know, it was just refreshing to be able to have this conversation with someone like John and be able to pick his brain and just get some good business nuggets from him all while hearing about you know his journey as a walk-on and what helped propel him to the heights he's reached now which is what the show is meant to do man highlight you know people like this who have made successes 
you know, after their roles as walk-ons. So really good stuff coming up. Last few things before we get into it, some small show announcements to follow after the interview in my episode outro with a little update on the show for those interested. And the last thing is to please make sure you are subscribed to Walkie Talkie Podcast and passing these amazing walk-on journeys along to anyone that you think may enjoy them. Uh, And also leaving the show review, following us on social media for video highlights of every episode. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok at WTZ Podcast. Those are all really, really appreciated. All right. I swear that's all for me. Let's jump into my full conversation with former USC quarterback walk-on and owner and co-founder of the H-Wood Group, John Terzian. How are you, man? Good, man. How you doing? Good. Good. So... Uh, to start us off, you were USC quarterback walk-on, and it was roughly around the early 2000s. Uh, Carson Palmer was the starting quarterback. It was like around that time period, if I'm correct. So what were those years? Did you play all four years? What was what was the whole dynamic? No, it's, a, it's actually a pretty funny story, um, and it's probably fitting for my, my life and, and almost representative of how what I'm doing now came about, H. Wood. Um, so I went to, you know, born and raised in Los Angeles. Um, ironically, my entire family is, was, and is diehard USC and USC alumni, but growing up, I was like the black sheep and was obsessed with Michigan. Um, fab five era was my era. I played both basketball and football, even though football was more of my sport, went to a high school, um, in LA called Harvard Westlake. And, you know, I was the quarterback for, it was a starting quarterback for both my junior and senior year. In my senior year, my tight end was the kind of became the number one guy in the country. His name was Alex Holmes, still one of my, one of my closest friends to date. And I was graduating. He was a, he was a sophomore actually. He had two more years. No. Yeah. He had, he was a junior. Yeah. He had a, a year, a year after me in high school and I was graduating and, um, you know, I went, I got recruited to smaller schools for football. Um, so I went to, went to view them. I, I, you know, my whole life was, was football. And so I was going to go to like a Cornell or a, just, but there was a bunch of smaller schools, went and took visits and, um, you know, just, it didn't feel right. I ended up getting into Michigan and I was going to go walk on. I got, I, my background actually was also an artist. So I got a scholarship actually on art, went to visit Michigan you know, loved it, decided to go, decided to accept and just off a whim, because I had gotten into USC as well, decided, you know, I was going to give up my football days, went to USC just with a friend for who was already there as a, at a party. And I was like, I'm never going anywhere else. Uh, it was the greatest school. <laughs> so I took back my Michigan or I, you know, rescinded my Michigan thing, accepted USC. And I was like, you know, I'm just going to have fun. I'm just going to be a college student. It was hard on me because sports for my whole life. Went there, you know, was, uh, got pretty active with the schools and the fraternity, got really big and, and, you know, planning social, social events and things because it just kind of was my nature being from LA. And then I get a call from, um, at the time it was actually Hackett, who was the coach. And, uh, I don't. I literally thought it was like a crank call and he was like, Hey, you know, can we have a talk? It's Paul Hackett. It's like, we really want you to walk on the team, you know, and, and they had known me from high high school, but I was never, you know, I wasn't looked at to recruit. And so I was found, I found it kind of weird. They wanted me in my freshman year. I'm in the middle of freshman year. And it turns out they really wanted Alex Holmes, who was the tight end in high school. And he said, he'll only come to USC if I play on the team. So, I agreed to, so I was an invited walk on Alex obviously joined there. So I, I played my sophomore junior year. Um, to this day, I credit so much of what I'm doing in life with that. I mean, those were the hardest, most amazing days. I mean, it was 5am workouts, class, 3pm, uh, practice, then film at night. And I was the so it was Carson Palmer, who's an amazing guy. They're all amazing, but Carson, Mike Van Rappors, Matt Castle, then me. So I was mm-hmm. the f- I was the fourth, and I just got annihilated in practice. Um, did you ever play? Like, did you ever get I, in the games? Like, I never got in the game. Um, I was great in practice. I got I had the arm. 
And I was always, mm-hmm. you know, um, but it was honestly incredible learning experience and it was great. And then I had too many concussions and I can get to that later, but I stopped my senior year and went to work for a sports agent and I had started my whole event company out of this. But yeah, I was, I was in those seasons and Hackett was the coach. And when I left, I had with the spring ball was Pete Carroll was coming in uh, and that was the new era. So you went two years and you, you went to the sports agency your senior year. What, like, what do you credit what you're doing now to like that? You, you look back at that walk on experience, like you said, like if it wasn't for this, well, you know, there's so much you take with you. Like, was it the hard regimented schedule? Like, yeah, a couple of things. I had no business with my size and whatever being on that team. And I, <laughs> I, I, I earned my keep. And I, I mean, I got annihilated every day. I got, you know, I'll never forget um, Ed Ogeron was the lineman, defensive lineman coach, and he would stop practice and just torment me. Um, it, was, <laughs> it was actually pretty embarrassing. Um, yeah. But it teaches you to have that tenacity. It teaches you to come back. It teaches you at all odds, you know, to do and, and I have to say, Carol, you know, really was a different type of coach. He was embracing everyone. Hackett, I hate to say, was awful to me and awful to walk ons. Um, okay. you had to really like, you know, um, you know, Arn, the, the players were amazing. The best, re- I still have relationships from there. And then why, why I credit what I'm doing today to that was because I got really known for the one thing they started to respect me. The front off the athletics office was, you know, on like kind of a whim because I was, um, from LA, they had me entertain some recruits and I did. And I put together a whole fun, you know, outing or whatever recruits all signed because of me. And then it became a thing. So I basically created what became Hwood out of that with the recruiting process and parties and a combo and then um, created a whole events company that grew really big. And even when I went to work for, I worked, I worked for uh, Arn Tellum, um, my senior year, who was Kobe's agent. So I was, I was actually Kobe's like assistant um, mm-hmm. for that senior year. I still had the whole parties and I was forming what eventually became Hwood. I went to law school. Um, you didn't know at the time though that it was H Wood. Like it was just it was it was the foundational steps of like what was to come. Yeah, I, I had all walks of life because of my background: LA sports, art, you know, uh, just a whole different. You know, unlike most people, I had just all walks of life, and I was good at putting stuff together. But I did not know I was going to end up going into what I'm doing. I thought even at that time, I, I really was into the sports agent thing. Um, but you know. Uh, it led me to what I'm doing. Yeah. So you, you mentioned Hackett treated you like shit. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a pretty common thing that, you know, walk ons experience, which is what I was going to kind of bleed into is, um, you know, why did you stick it out? We only did two years. So I guess it wasn't, you know, you had a better opportunity, but was there no, the noticeable differences from you and the rest of the guys that Hackett kind of made apparent treating you like shit? What, is there an example? So people can kind of understand like, well, what does he mean when he says, you know, well, I, something like that? And first of all, I wouldn't have stopped. I had to, when you get, I had three concussions in the same year. So they actually, I actually kind of had to stop um, right. my senior year. Um, but no, it was, it was just like a, a few things like Hackett never even barely let me suit up for the walk-ons. You know, there's probably 15 of us, whatever, four the home games, which you're allowed to do. They really wanted to show you, you know, and then I never cared about having a red Jersey or whatever, but they really wanted you annihilated. And then maybe several conversations of like, why, you know, just, you know, why you're surprised you're even still here. Like stuff like that, where it's like, I can tell you Carol was the opposite. And he really loved, you know, at the end of the day, I just, when you ask why I was there, a my, my arm was just as good as anyone to be there. So I was, doing well in practice for them. Um, and I loved football and I loved the guys. The team was, they were all great to me there. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't them. It was the coaching. And to me, yeah. the other thing I learned was it was top down. So because Hackett behaved that way, all the other coaches felt like they could. If you yep. do the reverse. They, they follow suit. Yeah. And so looking back on it, it's like, you know, why be like that? You know, you got, you got kids loving to play the game, you know, and you got, you know, really camaraderie and, and it, was, it was just a weird thing. And then you see the difference in the team when Carol came in and was the complete opposite and the team was incredible, mm-hmm. you know? 
Yeah, they they set the tone, and I I actually talked to uh, Rudy Rudiger, the movie Rudy, sure. um, and he you know he said I asked him because he, he said that he Rudy, was by the way. <laughs> they used to call me Rudy. Oh really? A joke. Great. <laughs> yeah, and he used to say that or he was saying the same thing about like coaches treating him like that, and I just posed the question because he's older as to like why is that the case, and he pretty much just said because the coach is a loser, like he takes his shit out on the kid, and you know so you'd say a good or bad experience overall for you you know those two years you spent in the program amazing um best experience even with all the shit even, even with all that because you know what it, it really i don't think you could get that type of life lesson that early um there's nothing that stops me so now. what do you yeah what do you i don't mean to interrupt you but just like the preparation that that you know eating shit gave you like what was it mental it was the mental mental thing right because i think it could i think that the ups and downs the ebbs and flows of an entrepreneur which which or businessman i shouldn't take away from anyone but any aspect of that are not taught or talked about enough in school and i think if i didn't have the background that i did with what i went through with sc football i probably would have broken at some point with because I had a lot of crazy sad failures and, and downs with what I'm doing with Hwood, especially early on. And mm-hmm. I think if I didn't have that mental background and, and what I know, you know, at the very end of the day that I can believe in myself that I can get through anything, um, no matter what anyone thinks or says or does. I think I would have broken. I really do. And I think most people do. So I, I really credit that uh, yeah. totally overall. That doesn't mean I should have been treated like shit. I think I think the thing in itself, the the regimen, the schedule, the getting hits, all, all of that, I think in, in itself is enough. The mental stuff was definitely eye-opening. I don't exactly wish anyone to go through that, but I do think it helped me, you know? Yeah, I think most... Most people that I, I get the chance to speak to kind of have similar views of like, you know, that what it did to my mental it made my my skin thicker. And it kind of just gives you like, I don't know, a thicker shield of armor, I guess you could call it. Because like, sure. it, like what what are you not used to um, because of all the shit that you you saw at such a young age, like you said. So I don't really want to focus on the walk on stuff as much because, you know, you only did two years. I more so you know, the aftermath of undergrad, uh, take it in the direction of how that walk-on experience helped you in any way, you know, building this empire within the service industry, which is obviously one of the most competitive industries to be successful in. All right, but a quick break before we dive into John's law school journey and the beginning stages of the Hwood Group. So don't go anywhere. In the meantime, if you want to subscribe to the podcast and find us on social medias for video highlights of every episode, you can do that at WTZ Podcast on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. There's seriously so, so much more to come throughout this conversation. So stay put through this quick break, and we'll be right back. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com slash strategic. That's oracle.com slash strategic. oracle.com slash strategic. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. 
Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet. That's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. Welcome back into episode 20 of Walkie Talkie Podcast. I'm your host, Noah Bono. Remember to click that subscribe button and follow the podcast on social medias at WTC Podcast for video highlights of every episode. And let's bring back in John Terzian. Um, so you go to Pepperdine Law School. What, a couple quick things. You can answer them quickly. What made you go to law school? Did you use the law degree at all? Did you know you weren't going to use the law degree? Um, what was the case with you know why you decided to do that? I didn't know what I wanted to do in life. And I'm from a family of lawyers and having a law background was always a thing of, Hey, you can do anything that you set your mind to. I, I, I looked up to some entrepreneurs, uh, that I, I had studied and I kind of always knew I wanted to be an entrepreneur. And, and a lot of the underlying factors I saw is they actually had law degrees versus business. And then I thought also possibly, not possibly. I think the lead thing for me was to be a sports agent because of all my ties to the team. Mm-hmm. You know, at the time I had gotten so close because I had, you know, with Mike Williams and it was the Reggie Bush era, you know, and so there was all these guys that I was close with, close with, you know, uh, Paula Malu and all great guys. And in my mind, it's like, there's something there. So I, I just, you know, I went because of that. Um, I would say law school is another example of, of what I went through with football for a guy like me, for an artistic mind, it was probably more grueling and hard than the football year walk on football years. Uh, Mm -hmm. First year of law school, I wouldn't wish upon anyone as well. Um, (laughs) You know, and it, it it was, it's great hindsight because it taught me how to read and think differently. I think most important, it taught me how to speak. Um, because you, mm-hmm. the Socratic method really, you know, challenges a, per, a person to speak. And I think it's the most important thing you can learn and know and, and figure, figure out. I was never going to be a lawyer. The whole, I, I knew that and that was okay. It was just for the background. Um, mm-hmm. the whole time I worked for both. I always had jobs. So I had my events company the whole time. And then I also was interning for, um, Arn Tellum, the sports agent, and um, I did a, a thing with Sony, the president, the chairman of Sony. So I had all these different worlds that I was uh, kind of doing the entire time of law school. Wow. So briefly rewind on the Palomalu, the Reggie Bush, you were around for all of that. You were out of USC and at Pepperdine, but what part of you, what, what, how were you in the mix of, you know, some of those players with some of those players? Well, Palomalu was on the team, was on the team with me. He was the, he was the, the safety, but I was the heavy recruiter putting the stuff together for recruiting when Reggie was, was Reggie Bush and Mike Williams and that whole class were incoming, basically line art. But where were you at the, were you, you were still part of the team no. when they came in? No, I was a, I was a senior then, then, uh, I was a senior in college and then first year out, I think it was. Okay. Okay. Uh, it lined up like that. I yeah. was still doing the, I was still helping the recruiting. That's because of doing with Hwood or what became. That's an interesting role to have, like, and like benefit that team because you weren't really getting anything in return, I guess, directly from them, but you were on the flip side because you were building relationships with some of these guys. Yeah, and I also I never look at I never look at stuff like that. It's just if I love it, you know, and I love USC mm-hmm. and I love, like I said, like yeah, I build relationships with the guys, and then 
you know, that was really why, why I was doing it. I was good at it. Did, did you have any debt from your time at USC or law school? Like, cause obviously as a walk-on, you don't get a scholarship yeah. and then law school is law school. So did you have any debt you had to pay back? No, I, I didn't. Be, um, I lived at home with my parents. Um, I was, okay. able to get, I was able to get law school um, covered for them, no housing and none of that. And then I also was making like good money off of my events company, this promotion events wow. company. So I was in a good situation on that, but you know, I got in debt later with uh, the first part of Hwood. <laughs> yeah. So you, you say though, uh, I've heard you speak in some other interviews just about like, you know, you're the eternal optimist yeah. and you'll take on the world. And, you know, what was the vision during law school? You're like doing this events company. You don't really know what you're doing. You want to be an entrepreneur. But did you have a vision after law school for the direction you wanted to kind of take your life in? No, I still didn't know fully. I just I knew that I wanted to be I wanted to do something special and different and make a difference in whatever field or whatever I'm doing. I just didn't fully know. And I was good with people. I was good with relationships. I couldn't, I didn't pass the bar. Um, it was a very low time for me. Um, I had no idea what I was going to do. I could, I, I applied to a ton of the jobs, couldn't get a job anywhere, ironically. So it was, it was tough. I didn't fully know. I, I, you know, luckily had a great relationship with a friend of mine who was, was starting to become a, uh, he was a DJ and I was friends with his manager, his guy that was going to become his lawyer and manager. And his name was DJ AM. And he was like the first celebrity DJ. And he was like, just come, you know, you have a good, you have a law background, you have an art background, come brand me. And that, so that's what I started. I just had nothing to do. I was living at home with my parents and I was out of law school at the time. And so that's. And you're how old? 24, 25. Cause I went straight from law from college. To wow. <laughs> You got to law school way younger than most people, right? Yeah, I went straight to law school. I was 21 in law school, two, three. Yeah, so when I graduated that year. Yeah. Um, and yeah, because I started, it, it was my last year of law school and I was like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I started talking to AM, took the bar, didn't pass it. Took the bar again, didn't pass it. And I was just super down, you know? And so that was tough. And so- I, I credit AM because I threw myself into, you know, his world, which was DJing and clubs. And one of, one of the, you know, critical things that I did was create this nightclub around him that it, or I co-created with, with his manager, Larry, and um, it was called LAX. And so I was mm -hmm. like, I, you know, I was every job. I was the janitor. I collected the cash. I helped do the marketing. I helped bring in, you know, so I did everything and I traveled with him. That entire year, I, I was, you know, in every city, everything with him, watching everything. Um, and that, I think that's when I started to form. I didn't want to do that. What I what I wanted to do was bring people together and build spaces. And that's when I had the idea to mm -hmm. open a nightclub. But my big picture was always to open a hotel. So again, right. And I'm, I'm, I'm going to get to that quickly. But I, I want to briefly touch on something with like starting up a business, starting like, you know, something that just starts as a thought in your head. I, I feel like there's a lot of resistance in everyone's everyday lives. You know, we want to do this, we want to do that, but everybody just has no clue where to start, like what that starting point is. And they struggle with the resistance to just go and do it. So for you, what was your starting point? Like when trying to get into the service industry space, like how do you know? So you just said though, like that was the start for H Wood, but how did you know when you were going to start it, what to do? Like it was like, I, what you know, what's the first four things, the first two things you got to go and do? I didn't know. And I didn't have anyone teach me and I didn't have, you know, I just, I knew that I, I could, the one difference, the one thing I will say is I, I do tell everyone, don't do stuff for money, do stuff because you believe in it and love it and money will follow. Um, and in this case, it was a similar thing. I saw the landscape because I lived and breathed that nightlife world, I saw that I could do something different. And so, you know, what I needed to do, at least in my instance, was find a find a space, find a venue, have the concept, which I did in my mind and, you know, and raise the money. And so I scrapped together from like 50 different, I think probably 50 different friends and family, you know, uh, which was really hard to do my first place, which ended up opening in in 2006 or 7 yeah now you get money from them 
which is probably somewhat awkward and uncomfortable asking for. But once once you're successful and, you know, they see that it's a go, it's a thing, it's working, you reimburse them and then you move forward and start to take your profit and go from there. Yeah, you do. You do a split. But my my first three things were complete flops. And so I lost all the money, um, including my including my families. And it was it was just the worst times of all time. Uh, so then where did you go from there? You lose the money and it's like, well, what the fuck is next? Yeah. So, I mean, the difference, the one thing I'll say is, it, and I do always stress is to, I always, I and everyone, you know, that I think is successful should play the long game. I was very above board. I didn't, you know, we were amazing and we had a built great, we built great places. We didn't like do anything wrong or, you know, we didn't fully know how to operate well. So it was just a matter of, we had great crowds, great sales, just did not operate and mm-hmm. lost money, had, had noise issues, had cops issues. It was a whole thing. So I think I was a little young and, and um, very ambitious. And so it was, you know, it was a, actually a, in hindsight, a good setback because it caused me to really say, Hey, I got to like learn the business. Um, so I went back to my partner and I, Brian, you know, decided to go back to the promoting situation and build our base back and build some, you know, money back. And so we did that. And um, when you say, uh, you know, what kind of caused me to get back, I, I was never going to do anything but what I'm doing now. I had that type of tenacity. So nothing was right. stopping me. And I knew, I just knew I was going to be able to, and I needed that moment to, to do it again. Like there was never a plan B for you. It was always no plan B. Like plan A, it's impossible for plan A to fail type of thing. I mean, my, I remember when my parents asked me what I was going to do and if I was going to start looking for jobs and I thought they were out of their minds, you know, because, you know, and they're like, well, you know, at this point you're, how old was I when this was all, I think I was like 28 at that point when like everything had, had, you know, uh, or 29, one of those. Uh, and I just knew that I was going to find, I had to, I had to win. Right. So, uh, I also, I listened to a couple interviews just to prepare and I heard you say something about just like lacking in mentorship and how you, you know, ideally like to be a mentor to some of the people, you know, interns, yeah. younger people that work for H Wood. Yeah. Um, do you think that the lack of mentorship kind of derailed your progress? Like maybe at 28, you don't fail. Maybe that failure happens at like 26 and now you're successful by 28. Like, was there a, um, was there a hindrance in the, in the growth and the progression of H Wood, like getting to H Wood and the success of it because you didn't have any mentorship? Uh, It's a tough question. It's a good question. I don't know. It could, it could be one or the other. It also could, it also could be part of my success because I'm so driven to win and I'm so, and I, and and it's almost like, I don't owe anyone anything. And they, I almost had like this Kobe mentality of like, no one's done anything for me. I'm going to do it. And and I'll give back, you know, when I make it type of thing. Like, so it's, it was like that type of drive, but you, Mm -hmm. but yeah, I think if I did have like the right mentor in that business, I had a, you know, great family, great, there's none of them were entrepreneurs. If, right. if I had that, could have been could have been a lot more knowledge and what you know a lot, a lot better of a ride in that regard. It's a good it's a good point. So um, you mentioned the hotel thing, and yeah. I I did see that hotels are the end goals for you guys. Yeah. Um, how far away would you say H Wood is from that? Uh, not far. I mean, we we we've been in the in the in the mix of getting, you know, currently right now. So mm-hmm. definitely a big big aspect for us. You know. Right now, we're in deep expansion mode on both Delilah and Nice Guy. Um, mm-hmm. Those are like, you know, because we're opening in multiple cities. Um, but a very close second and at the same time is, is our first hotel. And it'll start in Cali and then probably, like you were doing with the clubs, expand and expand. It'll be in, we have to start it in LA. Okay, last break here. Right when we come back, John goes into his relationship with Drake and being name dropped by him. What skill has helped propel him the most? His failures then versus now, having stability, building your foundation, studying entrepreneurs, and really so, so much more in the home stretch that you will enjoy, no doubt. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. 
At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is it, your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity. For yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet that's right up to $1,500 again sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in Ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park that's 1-800-GAMBLER Welcome back into episode 20 of Walkie Talkie's podcast. Remember to click that subscribe button and follow the pod on social medias at WTC Podcast. And let's get into the home stretch with John Terzian. Um, so something funny that I came across, and I didn't really put the two together until you know I sat down and, and put the script together, but you know, rappers name drop athletes and celebs all the time. It's always a big deal yep. you know, for the athlete and whatnot. And you had a version of that with Drake shouting out Delilah's and Champagne Poetry on certified lover boy i'm not sure you know how big of a drake listener you are i'm sure i know i think you're probably friends with him connect with him but like when you heard when you heard the bar you know did your eyes light up was it like oh you know because you know when he has the kevin durant line when he has all these other lines it's like oh fucking a like it's sick so for you it had to be a similar feeling yeah i mean it was i knew it was i mean he's he's one of my close close friends and i and i think um you know we've we've been been in it together for a long time i I credit a lot of h wood and delilah's success to him um so yes it's amazing it's always amazing to hear and it is a major major thing and uh you know i I never downplay that it's a big deal and really and really cool and special how do you um you know you said you credit a lot of it to drake how does that formulate like where is the where's the origins of like drake and you kind of connecting and him endorsing Delilah's and it going from there. It's kind of what I said earlier with, with the kind of the long game. I don't, at the end of the day, it's about people and relationships and it's how I built everything. And so, and I, and I love that. And I ended up uh, getting introduced to Drake through a mutual friend about 12 years ago when he, you know, he had just like his first album was coming out or just had come out, I think. Um, and we just hit it off as friends. Like that's, that's it. And we stayed super close. Mm-hmm. And then anytime he'd be in LA, 
we do stuff together. Have, you know, his whole team uh, with his manager, Future, Angelo, they're all, the whole OVO crew is, is you know, I'm best friends with. And so, you know, it's been now a long time. It's been decade plus. Now, would you, would you say he's one of your favorite rappers? Are you biased? Oh, yeah. What do you <laughs> Uh, I'm very biased, but I also feel it's an unbiased statement as well. So, <laughs> yeah, I I don't know Drake, but I would say that yeah, I mean, I completely agree. So, um, would you say there's any cele- other celebrities you know that you're close with, like Drake, uh, because of what your job entails, where the relationship was maybe uh, just as organic as the one with Drake, or maybe like it happened in a different way, but you have you know special relationships with whom else that are you would consider big time celebrities based on what you do. Yeah, I do. I mean, I'm gonna give you an annoying answer. I I don't talk about it. Uh, so I, I that's fine. I, yeah. So, <laughs> but, but yes, there are a handful of super close friends that are celebrities. But the nice thing is, is the reason I think we're so close is because it started before they were as you know who they are in a lot of ways. Right. Like that's something mm-hmm. that money can't buy and business can't buy and friendship is 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 actually genuine. Um, so it's one of those things that, that it's like I said earlier, it's like, it all comes down to just playing the long game and actually caring and being a good person, you know, and I, that's, that's what it is. It It's funny. Cause like you got, you know, walked all over by Hackett and like from an early age, like, I guess weren't really shown how to treat people correctly, but you were still able to always like, you know, keep in mind, like what what it meant to you to like give to people, treat people the right way, have relationships, build meaningful relationships, like, and then to be able to like build a business off of like your ability to, like you said, in law school, you learned how to, uh, you know, communicate with people and really speak and then to kind of bring those together. And then you build this company based off like your ability to, you know, galvanate the troops and bring people together and into a common, common space. Um, did you think that that was something that was going to be the catalyst for you? Or did you think like there maybe be a different skill of yours that was going to make, you know, your entrepreneurs entrepreneurship journey as successful as it is? I don't think I knew anything. I think what I knew, I think the one thing I knew early on naturally, which is a really healthy thing to know. And I think it's, it's more and more talked about now was I, I didn't think, I knew actually more than that. I, I knew that I didn't know everything. I didn't, I didn't know much. I, I knew I needed to like have experts around me. And I, and I, and I think that was a major aspect. And in my mind, um, I knew I wasn't going to be, I'm not the richest. I'm not the best looking. Uh, I'm not the smartest. Uh, I think the, one of those things that like, I was like, you know, the one thing someone can't ever take from me is outworking them. And so, you know, that was where I think if to answer your question earlier, what I did early on think was, hey, I'm going to be able to outwork anyone, meaning I will work longer, harder, smarter um, than anybody. And no one's no one can take that from me. That's one thing that like that's just got to be in you. You you can do it, you know, and that was a big thing for me. Uh, A personal question that I have for you would be, you know, you outwork people you know, you, you, you bet on that part of it, but like, is there any point in your mind where like, you know, you can't do it or you don't know what you're doing or you have to get to a point where like, you know, you're, you're messing up, like you said, you had your failures, but like, when did you get to the point where you had just a strategic mindset and everything you did? It was like, okay, I'm not going to make that move because there's not a strategy behind it. Like there's not enough research and shit behind it. That's going to tell me like, yeah, it's going to produce X, Y, and Z for me. It's just going to produce, you know, it's a, it's a whim if it produces anything. Like wh- when do you get to a point where, you know, you know, you're doing things on a day-to-day basis and there's just nothing but strategy involved and, you know, strategy behind it. I think, I think I'm big on learning from failures and I, and I think it's easier said than done, but that's, that's where it, when I had some, when I had some colossal early failures, I knew I was, each time. And by the way, I still have failures mm-hmm. and each time I learned from it and you can go one of two ways. You can bury your head in the sand and be upset about it or fight it or whatever, or you can actually learn from it. And so when you learn from it, what it actually means is what you just asked me is you learn the strategic moves to not be in that situation again. Right. So if a venue fails, why did it fail? If an event 
flopped. Why did it flop? And you actually can pick pick apart what it is and you avoid that strategically in the future. Is there is it an exact science? No. But is there a good amount of lessons to be learned and a good amount of strategy? Yes. What would you say would be like a small or a version of a failure that H would could experience at the stage it's at now, you know, versus maybe when you started where it doesn't, it, it, you know, maybe it hurts, but it's like, it's an easier bounce back than it would have been. Well, I don't know if anything's, I mean, it's, it's, it's tough. I mean, we make everything I'm doing is a, is, is a risk. It's, it's very similar to like the, you know, I liken it a lot to the film business, which I don't think people realize you could have the greatest idea, cast, director, writer, money behind it. You don't know if it's going to be successful film. Right. There's no, there's, there's no world where you can predict. Mm -hmm. So a restaurant, a nightclub, a hotel is very similar. I can have all the pieces together have all the right moves and you just don't know. And so, you know, it's a lot like, I guess, golf, even though I'm not a golfer, the better you get means that you're doing less, uh, awful shots, mm -hmm. you know, meaning yeah. like you're, <laughs> you're not out there doing crazy. So in this case, for specifically hospitality, what I'm talking about, I've been in it long enough and my part and my team has where I know, you know, how the room needs to feel and the layout needs to feel and the lighting and the decor and the service and, and all. So that just comes from experience and learning from what works and what doesn't. Right. Um, so if you don't mind answering this, uh, obviously, you know, I guess it's H Woods net worth or your net worth is 35 to $50 million is what you guys have done in revenue. Um, if you could ballpark it or if, if you're willing to answer, it's no problem. If you're not like, what do you, what's the estimated growth you see, you know, once the hotel business opens, like where do you see the empire going to from a dollar sign perspective, well, I guess. Yeah. So H Woods revenue is North of that. Um, uh, and then I think sky's, I mean, I want it to be a billion dollar company. I want it to be, I want revenue to be, you know, uh, above my, my goal, my immediate goal is to be revenue above, you know, three, 400 million a year. You know, that's, that's a five year plan type mm. of thing. Uh, but you know, more important than revenue is profit is EBITDA. Right. So I think that's the key in our business. It's a very hard, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, the restaurant business is very tough to profit. So that matters much more than revenue. Yeah. Okay. It's interesting. I mean, so you think five-year plan probably, I mean, cause you said that you failed at 28. So you're 37 now, yeah. right? No, I'm 42. Okay. Google live. Maybe I was looking at an old article. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyway, a couple quick hitters and then we can wrap it up. What are, what would you say are some of the coolest perks that come along with your job? Uh, you know, that, I, I don't know. You tell me, I can't even give it, I can't give an example. <laughs> like, is it, you know, going golfing with OBJ? Is it fucking riding on a yacht? Like, what are the cool perks that like, I, my man, Odell, though, I do. Um, I, I think, I think I have the coolest, I don't even view it as a job. It's life. Uh, you know, I get to do and see some of the coolest things and experience and really create you know, help create some of the coolest moments, um, you know, um, on my wall alone, for example, you know, we put, you know, we're Drake, we needed to do a thing in, in Las Vegas and, you know, help, I helped put together him performing on the Bellagio fountains and being out on the fountains and no one's ever done it before is like one of so many examples where it's like people, you know, would give anything to do stuff like that. And I do it regularly. So it's a very fun, Thing. And I, it, it's actually an important question you have because I have to sometimes remember that when you're in the thick of the work right. is that at the very end of the day, it's, it's, it's cool. Um, I also love just having my, my restaurants and stuff. I'm, I'm in my family and I live and breathe them. I, I eat at them five, six nights a week. And it's very cool. And I don't ever take it for granted that we have like a cheers, like of like atmosphere. Mm -hmm. That's you know? super cool. Do you, um, do you like with the, with the restaurants and stuff, you said you eat there five, six nights a week. Like, I mean, is there no home cooked meals going on? Is it kind of, is that the, is that the version <laughs> of the home cooked meal? Yeah, we, that's true. We do. We do. The other nights are home cooked. Yeah. Um, what celebrity would you say you were surprised most by showing up to one of your establishments where you, you know, didn't expect it. Holy shit moment. 
You know, I, I never talk about celebrities. I will say one one thing for for you was um, the the coolest thing to me was when um, Martha Stewart and Snoop were eating in Nice Guy. Wow. Um, alone years ago and it was like the first time anyone had seen it was before they're like you know people knew about the relationship it was very cool yeah if you if you yeah that's and they were the nicest best people um last two do you read any books that have helped helped shape your perspective and your business mindset whether it was 10 years ago 15 years ago or two days ago like are you are you a book reader does that is that something that helps you know um advance your thinking I think it does. You know, I should read a lot more. I used to a lot more. I asked, I actually used to read a ton of philosophy. Um, I've read Art of War like five times. Um, so that's a huge aspect. Um, I currently am reading the Walt Disney biography, which I would, it, my friend um, got for me. And I would encourage any person, but definitely any aspiring entrepreneur to read. Mm-hmm. Um, probably the coolest story and best story you could read. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of that shapes, shapes you. I think it helps quite a bit. I, I very much study that. And I very much study art. So those are some major aspects. Um, two more, the, to rewind slightly, you said the business side of it when you were doing the, you know, the water fountain at the Bellagio with Drake, like it's hard to enjoy it sometimes. Like you have to check back in with yourself and that's probably like, do you correlate that to the, like the, you know, the stress and the pressure of making sure it goes well, it gets set up, it happens. People are like, you know, you accomplish it and then you like, then you can sit back and enjoy it. Is that why you have to like do that check back in? Cause like you spend all the time just being, you know, a wiry fuck of like, I got to get this in, I got to get this done. Like, you know, I don't know how you work and if it's like crazy like that, but you know what I mean? Where it's like, once it's completed, then you feel that sense of relief of like satisfaction. We did it. Yeah. I- yeah, some version of that. I, 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 I try to be the calm the calm version of what you just said. It's a lot of stress. Yeah, I didn't mean to call you a wiry fuck. I wasn't. <laughs> no, no, no. no. I, I, well, it's an important thing because it, yeah, I've had to learn over the years to be poised, even in the, the key is to be poised in the, in the most frantic moments um, as, a, as a leader. So even internally, when I'm, you know, kind of going crazy, it's important for others to see the calmness, mm-hmm. um, which is hard on a individual, you know, and that's it's a big, check, check yeah. back. big thing for a leader too, would be to, you know, stay calm, yeah. rally the troops. Like if the leader's rattled and spiraled, like, I don't see how your, your, you know, your teammates can, but remember, would not be too. It's very easy to talk about that. It's, it's another thing when you're actually in it, you know? And right. so that's the difference. Um, you said earlier you had entrepreneurs that you looked up to. Uh, would you name a couple, one, two, and why? You know what they did, how they inspired you. Um, I mean, I always looked up to Steve Jobs, um, just for all the obvious reasons. That was a big, big one because he was a creative mind in a business setting and did things his way. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd actually always looked up to Rick Russo. Um, ironically and now I know he's running for mayor but his entrepreneurialism was a whole thing and how he created Grove and everything and it was a lot closer to home went to USC went to Pepperdine so it was a thing for me um there's a good amount that I've studied I I, I truly I, I would encourage people to study the backgrounds of entrepreneurs because whether whether good or bad it's very good hearing and seeing what people have done because you, you just take you, whether you know it or not you take tidbits of everything like reading the Disney thing is is fascinating, you know, Walt Disney mm-hmm. you know, story. I try to watch like any YouTube interview I see that like a successful entrepreneur is like Mark Cuban would be my main example just because I'm a big NBA fan. He obviously owns the Dallas Mavericks. Like, and I feel like the commonality among like a lot of you big time successful entrepreneurs is that like you all at one point were like heavily eating shit. Yeah. Like, you know, you're living in a, like Mark Cuban was saying, he lived in a room with six guys, slept on the floor, didn't have a bed, like had no money. It's like, and he was like 26 or something. So it's like, I feel like the common, the common ground for all of you is that like, there really is that make or break point where it's like, you know, is this going to happen? And I think like, well, I would like to know what you think about like what it is that, you know, why you see all the people who are really down in the dirt like that are able to like, you know, rise up, like, uh, the rock seven bucks productions. Cause he had seven bucks in his pocket. Like he was able to create his own empire. So like, what is it 
what is the con- like there's that commonality between all of you but what's the common ground that like lifts all of you up it's a definitely an underlying common thing which i was unaware of you know going through it so it's it's you know i wish i had known more it would have been more helpful um i i think it just it's probably something the people that come out on the other side of it it probably is be, is is because they have that drive to get to what they're doing you know and people that don't it's not that's not their what they should be doing you know at the end of the day and that's i think a tough thing i think a, i talk to a lot of people that are starting businesses and i got to say 9 out of 10 are doing it for the wrong reason and i think i think the minute they get one setback let alone two or in my case you know 10 they'd be out mm-hmm. what's the wrong reason money it could be a bunch of things money is the leader uh, mm-hmm. fame glory because they think it's the right thing. Um, but yes, it's usually following the dollar and it's very, very hard to separate that mindset because at the end of the day, everything has to make money. Don't, don't get me wrong. You know, um, right. it's just, it's the way you, if it's all for that, when you, when you hit that, that big bump in the road, you're, you're not coming out of it and you're not going to be the, the Mark Cuban, um, version so how do you separate it though like how would you say you separate you know while you're starting up and it's like i like this i enjoy what i'm doing and i want to make money doing it but you know if you if that's your own like if you can't get that out of the forefront of your head to be your main intent to not be your main intention like how do you separate i'd be doing what i'm doing if i wasn't making money yes so at the end of the day i i bet you all those entrepreneurs we're talking about are pretty simple men in the end of the day or women um, in that they love what they're doing and, and mm-hmm. no matter what they'd be doing it, right. you know? Um, right. and, and I know, I, I know it sounds corny and sounds crazy, but it's true. You know, at no mm-hmm. time, once I got into what I'm doing, which I view myself as an entrepreneur, not in hospitality, I view myself as a person that creates spaces and has places for people to live in. Once I got a taste of that, and once I really, I'm, I wasn't doing anything else. And, and no, it didn't matter what, what you know, if, as long as I could afford to like live and eat, that's all I really needed. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. Because I, I think sometimes like something that, you know, early stages, I'm only 23. I, I think I struggle with like a version of that of like, you know, you see where your parents are at and you're like, well, if I can just get these tasks done and do this and do that, like I could help them out. And you lose sight of like, well, I am doing it because I enjoy it. You know, it's not just to make the money. It's not just to like, you know, make your, you know, your mom and your dad's life a little bit easier. Like you are doing it because you enjoy it. But I think like the goals of like, you know, your your end goal of like what you see yourself doing with the money kind of gets in the way of like, you know, just attacking the everyday grind and doing it out of enjoyment. Yeah. And I, and I, I don't, I don't want to sound crazy. I'm, it's, it's okay to have those goals that are monetarily. I didn't, ever, I weirdly did not have that. It was more about winning it was more about having a place that people love in your case why are you doing this why are you doing podcasts right now just to put out you know i had a bad walk-on experience so kind of just to like hear the versions of like what a person like you went through that was able to propel you to know you know where you are now or like a guy like rudy selling his film like andre uh, andre drama wasn't really a walk-on but oh i did interview him but all like the you know interesting stories of like guys girls who have had you know rough times and they've been able to just like turn it in like parlay their terrible four or five years of college into something you know that they would have never dreamed but you're doing it because you like doing it like you're not yeah i that would be the abbreviated answer answer (laughs) i do like podcasting yeah i mean that's that's the that's the short answer that's the very immediate short answer what i'm saying is you're you're doing this because you're genuine. I can tell you're genuinely interested. You're genuinely wanting to do something. Mm-hmm. This isn't because you think you're going to get some sponsor deal off of this interview with me right now. Like this is more you're, you're, you know, so to me, that is the, that's the essence of what one should do. Obviously I'm making it abbreviated and simplifying, but I believe that that is what is an underlying common denominator for a lot of the successful entrepreneurs is they had great setbacks, all of them. I don't know a single person with that successful that didn't have an insane failure or setback and nothing was stopping them. What would you say about like just 
you know, fully building your foundation. Cause I think like, you know, you can't build the house until the foundation is in. So like once you have your foundation built, you know, but the point of getting it built, like the patience that comes with it, the diligence, like how it's obviously just a mentality, but like, what do you, like, how do you feel about like, you know, cause at one point you didn't have your foundation built. It was oh. like, you know, you're still ro- It's still rocky. It's still up and down. And then you get to that point where, okay, like shit's in place where now each pillar can kind of go straight up. Like, well, the, 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 the short answer to that was I didn't have the foundation built. I built it along the way. And, and to be honest, it was a big issue, but I was moving so fast and building a company. And it's a common thing is you have to play catch up. So I will cope the pandemic. Uh, definitely one of the hardest situations for anyone, let alone, but specifically the restaurant hospitality business was just really, really rough. Mm-hmm. Silver lining of it. And I, like I said, I'm the eternal optimist was, I would say it really caused me and my partner and us to focus on the real foundation, which we thought we had, but we didn't for our business. So you're talking now only three years ago that I started to really get into the foundation of what it should have been and is now. Um, and I don't know, I think it would have taken a while for us to get to that if we didn't have that moment. Is that what gave you the stability? Like three years ago, you finally had it in place and now you guys were like maybe a little bit more stable. Um, yeah, I think so. But you know, my mindset because of, because of the failures I've had, I never feel stable. Never feel stable. How do you, how do, how do you even like feel comfortable operating? Like, don't you want some sort of stability of like, you know, this is okay. At least like these six things are okay. I can go worry about these three. Like, you know what I mean? Like you don't need any any sort of that. I think maybe one should the way I am is I, the minute I think like that, it's going to be something's going to, it's not going to operate to the level it should. Interesting. So it's definitely not fun in that regard. I've had to just learn that that is my mentality, but it's definitely my mentality. And it's, it's, it's because I've never wanted to ever go back to any sort of failure that I've had. Yeah, no doubt. All right. La- literal last question. Uh, I heard you only listen to the GC group chat podcast. What do I got to do to make walkie talkies podcast? Uh, uh, the second one you listen to on your, on your planes and, and, and all your travel, travel time. I got you. Those are, those are my guys. Appreciate so that. Now, so, now, <laughs> so now you will be the other one I listen to. I like- <laughs> appreciate it man i know i know we were limited for time so i can't thank you enough for you know just the time you gave me and you know even the advice along the way you really are a prime example of you know former walk-ons achieving more than most of their scholarship teammates end up doing aside from the ones who go and play in the nfl um and just epitomizing what walk-ons are like you know even if it was only for two years uh just like shows what you can really do with the role and how the role can set you up for the success that you've had. There's really no limit on, you know, what can be done. Um, so I was happy to have you on the podcast. Appreciate you being a part of the walkie talkies gang. And, uh, I really appreciate it, man. Thank you. Appreciate you. Thanks, man. All right. Walkie talkies gang. That's a wrap for WTZE 20 episode, 20 episodes in the book, man. That's great stuff. Uh, appreciate everybody who's been along this 20 episode journey. I did squeeze a couple extra questions out of John because I had to while I could, and I'm glad I did. Really grateful for his time and him coming on. I hope everyone who listened enjoyed and was able to take something away from John's journey and his perspective. Now, as for the quick show update, I'll be doing some small additional episodes on Walkie Talkie Podcast with some featured zone episodes is what they're going to be called, where I myself, alongside my older brother, Greg, will be zoning in on some key topics and sports here throughout this upcoming sports season and beyond. The Zone episodes will be fairly short, conversational, opinionated, and factual from Greg and I on some current issues, topics, and debates, disagreements between the two of us within the sports world. These Zone episodes will be in addition to our Walkie Talkies interviews. No worries. These amazing stories won't go anywhere. Um, just making a small addition with brother Greg, because I think you listeners will enjoy these walkie talkie zone episodes as well. And just adding another piece to the show. So really nothing major, uh, just something that you can all look out for in the coming weeks, coming months. Um, and that's it for today. I want to thank you all for listening and make sure you are subscribed to walkie talkies podcast. If you enjoyed, so you can get notified every time a new episode drops. You can also find us on social media 
YouTube, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter at WTZ Podcast. Appreciate you all listening. Make sure if you enjoyed again, you share this episode to a friend who you think would also enjoy and could get something from this. Uh, word of mouth is very, very beneficial for the Walkie Talkies podcast family. So again, I want to thank you all for listening, for sharing subscribing and you can look out for the next episode release date whether it be an interview with a former walk-on or it be our first edition of the zone episodes on social media uh, where we will post all episode release dates and more thank you again everyone and remember got us some cute walkie talkies is a production of iHeartRadio and the college athletes network for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts at bed 365 we don't do ordinary we believe that every sport should be epic every home run every hit every inning every play from the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar see for yourself when you sign up today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets when you bet just five dollars Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare zumo play is your destination for endless entertainment with a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels movies and full tv series you'll easily find something to watch right away and the best part it's all free love music get lost in the 90s with iheart 90s dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iheart radio music channels no logins no signups no accounts no hassle so what are you waiting for start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and google play stores today all you can stream with zumo play with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere this is your captain speaking Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky no no nothing like that it's just these cash prizes add up quick so i suggest you sit back keep your tray table upright and start getting lucky play for free at luckylandslots.com are you feeling lucky no purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.